Don't you get it? I don't want to be the chosen one. I don't want to spend the rest of my life chasing after vampires. All I want to do is graduate from high school, go to Europe, marry Christian Slater, and die. Welcome to episode three of I Think I Like This Movie, America's Least Necessary Film Criticism Podcast. This week we're hunting the undead in the 1992 film that would later inspire the television series of the same name, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, featuring Christy Swanson, Donald Sutherland, and Luke Perry, with bit roles from the likes of Rutger Hauer, Paul Rubens, Hilary Swank, David Arquette, Stephen Root, and a single uncredited line from none other than Ben Affleck. So come on all you Hogs fans and shake your caboose as we settle in for a tight 86 minutes of casual sexual harassment and vampire killing. I am Noah Frank, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Wilvitka Will. What are you doing here? This is a naked place. I'm Christy Swanson's nipples. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, in this it's, movie. it's pretty bad. It's bad. It's uh, There's a lot of all of that, which we'll get into. Um... How did we end up here, Will? What? Uh, why? Why are oh, we talking about this movie? <laughs> yeah, because nobody should be talking about this movie unless they want to get in with all of the emerging, upsetting information about creator Joss Whedon. My wife loved the TV show, which was, I think, uh, like mid to late nineties. Ran maybe up until the early aughts. Yeah, TV and show I think started was, in '97, and and by the way, it was I, I didn't watch a ton of it, but I know it was it was pretty well regarded. A professor of mine, my TV professor in college, uh, loved it and taught part of it as, as part of a class. Um, so I, that was really how I got introduced to it. Yeah, the series seems to be night and day from the source material, and it's it, it is extremely well regarded amongst women, especially. I think that was the the, the broad audience was women and uh boy does the source material just well yeah it's kind of interesting though i mean given that given that it is this sort of empowered strong female lead especially in the in the television show i don't know quite if i would use the word empowered and there's uh, a lot of other stuff to talk about in terms of our lead here certainly the way that she's presented right off the bat uh, is not as particularly smart, uh, particularly capable, seems very spoiled, and then sort of transforms throughout the film, but almost not, almost because she's destined to, as opposed to that she's self-actualized, I guess, in any in any Yeah, there's, way. There's, there's something like completely night and day about the show that is highly regarded versus the film, which... We, sh- we should note, Joss Whedon wrote but did not direct, but Joss Whedon obviously had, uh, since these were his characters, a large hand in dealing with, with regards to the show. But no, I'm, gonna let, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm just going to let you take this because I am baffled by the absolutely wretchedness of this show. <laughs> well, so so let's get into, I mean, let's let's just get right into it. what what. At some point, obviously, you mentioned your wife liked the show and, and uh, that got you to watch the movie. I had not seen the movie until, and as we've discussed in some of the, our prior episodes, we this is our sort of 
rewatch and re-record of a few of these that we watched uh, a little over a year ago. But that was the first time that I had seen it. So what about it did you like the the, the first time? Did you sort of have uh, fond memories of, you know, enough that, that this became, that this that, that we're sitting here today talking about it? For the film, I saw it when I was 10 years old on VHS, like a rental. And I liked Luke Perry. That was it. I just thought Luke Perry was a cool dude. And I, I have made notes about this because I now am unsure if Luke Perry was supposed to be like a military veteran because he's got dog tags. I mean, he has, uh, I had the same boots that he does in the film, which are uh, zip up drop boots uh, from Corcoran. But he seemed cool and seemed to be the only one playing this the way that one might. And rewatching it, I'm like, what? I like, I can't. <laughs> what, well, what is the rest of this movie doing? Well, right, and and he does not. He is almost in like a different world. Like he's he's almost acting, and and his character is almost sort of participating in like a parallel world. I. That's interesting that you brought up sort of the military thing. One thing, there's this bizarre interaction between him and Buffy where, where she says something about him being a man and he, he gets very emotional about like, oh, you you think I'm a man? And he's living on his own in an apartment. He, in real life, is three... Above, above a, but also, real quick, yeah, he's living on his own as a man in an apartment above an auto shop where he's one of two mechanics... And at the end of the day, the only thing that he and Benny, and we'll, obviously we'll get into this later, but they have maybe 87 cents. Right. But it gets them two coffees and a hot dog. But like he's, he's working. He's an adult, like on some level. He's not in school. Uh, as, as I mentioned, he's in real life three years older than, than Christy Swanson is. I don't know, you know if we're supposed to feel like he's three years older but he's t- like 24 25 26 like you know in terms of actual age uh it was very unclear to me exactly like how old he's supposed to be um that's a thing that is sort of throughout this film is this weird like we're talking about high school kids <laughs> well it, it does seem to continue the bizarre hollywood 30 year olds as as high school students or at best mid 20s as high school students it's it's very it's very strange yeah i just I, his whole i couldn't figure out what he was doing there like 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 is he i mean like he shows up at the dance it's supposed to be this like romantic thing and it's like yeah but are you like 25 like <laughs> at a high school dance <laughs> or are you like <laughs> You're like 20 in a high school dance, which is still, uh, you know, like, I, I I get that, like, there's a, I don't know, it just, they're, they're, they're not, I feel like in today's day and age, there would be some pretty clear, like, at least nods, if not outright lines to sort of define where all these people are and their stations in life. Um, and that does not exist. And it, it makes it very, it just... It, it asks a lot more questions than it answers. I mean, the way that we we're introduced to this character is that he's a bum who 
snuck into a movie with his friend. Yeah, I mean, he's he's poor, right? There's there's a rich poor dynamic that's there. It's the it's the he's just a poor boy from a poor family. She's she's this rich snobby L.A. kid who clearly like has a lot of money, and her parents ignore her, and it's they follow these you know pretty stock archetypes. But again, like he seems like he's supposed to be a, an actual like adult, uh, even if they're within a couple of years of each other in a way that you know, is treated as totally not like normal and not weird when there's in the meantime, a lot of other weird stuff happening in terms of sort of leering at and making comments about, and, uh, even his buddy, like assaulting basically, uh, another teenager. Uh, oh, with, right. With so hot dog. <laughs> yeah. When, when Benny does that thing with the hot dog. Yep. Not sure what else to say about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very strange. Awful. Every, guys, everything about this movie is terrible. Yeah, it's played for everything laughs. Is, everything is bad. And, like, there's some element of, like, mm, I guess you could, you could like, write it off. Like, oh, she, like, slices it up and therefore, like, kind of puts, puts him in his place. Right, but, it, but it's, again, he's sort of supposed to, at least at that point, before he, this is not post him being bitten and turned into a vampire. This is when he's just, like, his like your sort of male protagonist's like buddy he's supposed to not necessarily be like a bad dude at this point like it's i don't know it's well that's what's the problem is that it's it's supposed to appear endearing i think that benny's literal line is dude she ruined my dog and it's like okay i have i am incapable of laughing at that yeah because you just wrongfully assaulted a woman using a hot dog as your penis right well I mean, and, and then you know throughout the the film there are all of these other things where there's the biker guys like leering at and trying to pick up again a teenage high yeah. school cheerleader there's right. there's just even like the donald sutherland scenes where he's like this creepy old man like like being like come with me to the graveyard and they sort of it's played off as like, oh, ha ha, like, I'm not going to fall for that. But like, 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 even even just like the sort of conceit of it all. And then like, that's like, step back, big picture. The entire frame of this is this you know, Lothos character who like is constantly after this, I assume, always this age woman. <laughs> like, I about a full It seems fully... to be, so it's a virginity thing. Yeah, it but it's like this thing, fully middle-aged record power. <laughs> I don't know who approved this. Um, I don't know why this movie was made. It's awful. It's it's degrading in every respect. And it doesn't even follow its own rules when it comes to vampires. Right. So there's a, there's some of that. Uh, I guess, <laughs> do, do you want to get into to some of the sort of like glaring plot holes and, and continuity errors? The the, the one where... I would I would love to know how Lothos got to California because that's never shown. He just appears there with with Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, he's like in the crypt. Like like for some reason the crypt is in, is in California. Yeah. Meanwhile, in previous uh, flashbacks that uh, Chrissy Swanson's having, she's in a clearly either Czechoslovakia or Transylvania kind of situation. Well, they talk about her being a slave in Virginia in one of them. I mean, it, clearly this has happened in like different places. There's references to the Middle Ages or, or to the Crusades. 
Uh, yeah, Paul Rubens apparently did not survive. It's yeah, right. that, that might have been the funniest line, by the way, in the whole movie. Is that little How one-off. did you ever survive the Crusades? Yeah, but but I mean, like you have these things where like I know they like made a big deal of sort of Christy Swanson being this like gymnast and using gymnast moves and stuff as sort of part of her shtick. But when they're in that like abandoned amusement park, like she stakes two of them through the heart and then she just like does a like roundhouse and lands on like the neck of one of them and just like topples Which falls him onto to Luke the Perry and right. kills the vampire somehow. Right. Yeah. But then they just like walk away and I'm like, I don't think that's how it works. Uh, I'm not an expert here, but you are supposed to be, and I don't think that that qualifies as a slaying a vampire. I do, I do think we need to address how preposterously slow and terrible all of the action scenes are. Yeah, I noticed, they're really bad. They're astonishingly bad. I noticed a couple things this time around where, like, when there's a group of them, <laughs> you do like a freeze frame. Uh, like as like the one is like attacking her and the other one just like has its hands up and making like a weird face like ah like waiting until the first one gets knocked off screen so that they can get knocked off screen there were a couple moments of those where it was like oh yeah somebody didn't actually have any like good idea of a stage direction for this person while they're not like engaged in combat so they're just like making a scary face in the background yeah it, it does fall it falls prey to the uh, surround the protagonist, but don't actually present a threat until we yell shoot and then you do a dumb thing and then the protagonist kills you for no good reason using un- unknown means. I mean, it's like baffling. It's the worst fight choreograph- choreography I've, I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, not uh, not its strongest point. Um, did you have any other like like really glaring like plot hole continu- continuity error kind of stuff? literally every relationship makes no sense <laughs> even your your uh, protagonist's uh, love relationship i thought that the luke perry uh chrissy swanson things sort of started to make sense at one point and i was like no wait <laughs> and then it i as soon as chrissy swanson was crying over a pillow about merrick's death the donald sutherland character i was like uh, no no yeah, I did like, a full-on Seinfeld gif of like, nah, nope, I'm out. Yeah, like they like barely knew each other. <laughs> like, I get that like they've known each other throughout the generations or whatever the sort of setup is, but like, they've known each other for like three days. Like at, at this... best, <laughs> and he stalked her into the women's locker room. Right. So it's not like he endeared himself to her. And their initial meeting was her getting super pissed that he hit the elevator open button. Yeah. So wh- why why is she crying over a pillow and Luke Perry is going to like look wistfully out a window? <laughs> I, I I have one that seems uh, quaint in comparison, just because it's it's like so minor in terms of the, the film itself. But it's it's one of those things that just really bothers me when I see something like it happen, <laughs> which is during the like bizarre sort of forever like death o- overacted scene that Paul Rubens does. Uh, we have. Lothos playing this weird violin, but he's playing it with gloves on. Um, do yourself a favor if you have a string instrument in your house. Go ahead and throw a glove on, and hold down the strings, and try to make any noise come out of it. See what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to keep my mouth shut during that that piece that you just did. 
Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just a bizarre, thing I... needless thing. Like, they did not have to do. So, the gloves are nonsense. And the hollowed-out violin is nonsense. And the first thing it made me think of was Jake Busey, who is Gary Busey's son, in Starship fucking Troopers, of all things, doing the same thing with a neon violin. Is he at least not, not wearing gloves? He was at least not wearing gloves. But it remains it remains one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, by the way, if anyone would like to bring Starship Troopers to the podcast, uh, that's a movie I've not seen in a long time. Uh, I would certainly be interested in watching that again. And uh, especially in a post-2020 world <laughs> sort of reviewing how how we've come along since uh since that time we would like to know more yeah <laughs> i'm doing my part all right so uh, the, the other sort of just broad thing and i remember this from when we watched this like a year ago uh the, the thought that i just had like for the last like 10 minutes of the movie was where is the lapd like there are there's just like a mass casualty vampire event there's like high school kids being murdered in their school gymnasium in a dance and like there are no cops <laughs> anywhere for i mean it's it's got to think like real time that's like what an hour of like chase and and like fight scenes and and everything like there's there's just nothing <laughs> like like it's just it's so it's it's so absent they don't even bother to like be like oh they cut the phone lines in like a pre-cell phone era or anything there's no there's no there's no even not even the slightest effort to sort of create a world where this would be possible well it goes it goes even beyond that logic because they say explicitly we can't come in unless they invite us but well, they have people tearing through windows. So, to, well, there's right, the, they have vampires. There is the Hillary Swank line where she says, "Oh, I invited it." I already invited them already. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, so, but, but but they still like hold their place, sort of, unless they feel like they don't want to. The the movie makes no sense and yeah. it's awful. <laughs> uh, the single rule of horror movies is establish the rules. Especially when it comes to vampires who've been written about for only, only about 300 years. So if you fuck up, you know, about vampires. And we saw that with the Benny thing. Benny versus Luke Perry, like way earlier on, which is probably the funniest line in the movie. Like, You're floating! You know, that that is really a funny line where Luke Perry is like, this is not okay. But then at the, at the crux of the movie, at the, at the real end, where it's supposed to be your big scene, they just kind of flat those rules constantly. And they only the only reason they don't want to go in is because the master wants, again, super creepy Joss Whedon stuff, a virginal slayer? It's really not okay and very weird. Well, and it mentioned off the top, like, I mean, this thing's 86 minutes, and it's like Donald Sutherland dies 55 minutes in or whatever. Like it's, there's just no, like aside from constantly violating its own rules of its sort of cinematic world, there's just no, like there's no depth to, to any build of anything. And so the, you know, the relationships feel flat and the, uh, the world building feels flat. And, and it just, there's, 
it like never really like you can see why this would be better as a tv show i think because like there is interesting potentially if you want to like history to get into and sort of uh not just world building within within you know the sort of contemporary world in which these characters exist but whatever came before it that's sort of the history of all this uh it just feels so slapped together that like you have no idea what what like the rules are or what you know what sort of foundation you're, you're working off of and you just have to sort of take everything for granted as it happens and it's it's awfully hard to do because it's there doesn't seem to be much rhyme or reason to anything yeah it seems extraordinarily slept together it's it's almost offensively uh built and i actually looked up the director so joss obviously is a huge piece of shit uh but he was only the writer on this the director i think bears a significant amount of the blame because even the way the story flows makes no sense so we have we have like idiot and i don't want to say that but like dumb white girl with blonde hair blah 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 haha that's like a stereotype and then she slowly learns to become the savior of humanity but nobody else learns anything and nobody else seems to acknowledge anything <laughs> it's just like yeah i mean everyone, everyone ev- is calling, every, everyone's saying they're vampires right everyone's just too casual about everything like like even after they encounter vampires like they're like there's a there's a basketball game and there's a kid who's a vampire and like ben affleck gives him the ball and it's like no go ahead and then everyone's just like oh buffy tripped a vampire like 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 isn't she gross like instead of like there's a vampire yeah, it's, it's fucking the basketball game problems. what are you doing it's it's I, I i have to i imagine that that's a reference to teen wolf which came out years before this i guess like i i think i don't know i'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt it's a fucking terrible movie folks but just like don't watch it but just like what is happening like i don't understand what's ha- how is how is like again, nobody yeah nobody knows what the fuck is happening Right, but like, but like, we know, like, like, there's some acknowledgement that like this is a vampire. It's not like Buffy's like, I can't. Oh, we can't tell them that that these are vampires. It'll cause mass panic. I secretly have to pursue this vampire, and everyone else is like, I don't understand what's happening. And you sort of can could at least like take that for granted. Like, okay, all right, like they know something's weird, but like no one really knows what's up. The referee's just like, oh, he can't do that. He can't float. That's that's not allowed. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, like again, like, yeah. where are the cops? Like, where are the authority figures? Where is any Stephen Roots walking around as the principal, just dropping detention slips on dead, staked through vampires? Like, yeah, literally one one half of his entire uh, high school population is dead. That's when he decides to give detention slips, and it's I think I think a lot of this is endemic of the the Joss Whedon problem of like let's have let's have funny lines <laughs> as opposed to uh plot let's back up a bit so we were talking about, you know, 
you you liked this originally because of Luke Perry. Uh, I liked it when I was ten. I know. I understand. Listen, there's this is a no judgment zone. We're revisiting things that we liked when we were younger, less developed versions of ourselves. Uh, but so watching this now, uh, you know, one of our bits is. Are there is there a character that that improved the most you know over this time in your eyes and one that maybe sank the most that you thought that was was a good character or a funny character before that uh, you do not agree with that statement anymore is there are there characters that stood out for you? Uh, Pike Pike is still pretty good. I did not think that that would be the case, but Pike is still like a solid character. You know he doubts everything he is trying to do the best thing that he possibly can. He doesn't he doesn't fall into the same weird sexist traps that uh uh Benning does. And I think that's pretty pretty much like the strongest character that that was written in this movie. I uh, and but, I had the same answer. I I thought he he was kind of the moral center, you know? He's kind of the Yeah, which is very strange. Yeah. Uh because he was clearly not written that way. Everyone, every, everyone was supposed to sort of, I don't know, seemed like someone that everybody was supposed to sort of toss off as the, the, the creepy friend or whatever. But he actually would be like a really cool and uh, consistent guy for like a new version of this movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, in addition to to being, to like not like upstaging Buffy, which is important, obviously, that she is sort of the, the savior and the and the, the protagonist. He's actually considering, especially considering all of the rest of the casual and even not so casual like sexism and misogyny in the in the film from so many other directions. He's like, he's very sort of deferential and uh, self-effacing, and you know, and is supportive. Uh, you know, of her as she's the one, you know, kind of saving the day. Like, like it's, it's, it's almost enough to redeem some of the bad stuff, uh, in the sense that like, that he, he is that sort of moral center and he is, you know, he is the good guy, uh, in, in terms of, of the male characters, but it's, well, it's, it, it's, it was, it was nice to see someone who said, you know, uh, like, I'm going to take a step back and clearly Buffy is the, is the big fighter. So that's really good. Yeah, well, I mean, you could see where, but, they, where they took the kernel of that for, for what you know became a, a much more sort of well-thought TV show. Yeah, which, which <laughs> remains the question for the TV show, which is why did they do the Zander thing? Yeah, I don't know. You can speak more to the TV, the TV show than I can. That's, uh, I don't have a lot of grounding in that. It, it seemed like a missed opportunity. That's all. Um, what about a character that, that sank, uh, the most over time in your eyes? Literally all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Except Pike. Pike is, is, is the only one who didn't like totally fuck everything up. I, uh, Buffy, Buffy looks like shit in this movie. It's like, uh, you're just, um, like a fetishized version of Joss Whedon's ideal woman. It's like really creepy. I can't, I, sorry, I can't think of anyone. That's all right. No, the one that stood out to me the most was, was Lothos as just being a terrible villain and a real misuse of Rucker Hauer in, in a lot of ways where, like, 
Like he can be. Oh, I didn't realize we were going for the villains. Yes. Well, I mean, any character, but but he was he was just like so like he's supposed to be this like the all powerful like vampire. We don't even get like a good fight out of him. You know what I mean? Like like we don't see him. Like I feel like any movie. He 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 literally died from one of the paint mixing spoons. I mean, that's just embarrassing. Well, like he doesn't even does he even kill anyone? Like he's he no. normally you see a villain like you get to like see the villain's power you know somewhere else in in the film, and so you're like oh well this is what they're gonna be up against like he's presented as as being like I don't understand why he has all this power if he's not actually powerful in any real way uh, because uh, he's not right but it's it's just bizarre like like it the fact that that he kind of just like <laughs> takes a dive in the first round. Like it's, it, it's this is the strange, like, you know, that he's going to lose in the end. It's a, it's a pretty formulaic movie, but there's no, like, it, there's just no build to him being scary and in, in, like intimidating. He's just creepy. And like, that's not really a very good villain. Um, like, a very good bad guy, especially in a supernatural kind of film setting. He's not only a bad bad guy; he's ineffectual. I mean, the the most he's able to do is sort of spook Chrissy Swanson at one point, and it's like, all right. Uh, but then he kills Donald Ireland. Uh, it's it's horrible. It's all horrible. Yeah, I mean, it just it. I don't know. There's just no like. There's no suspense built there. There's no, there's no, there's no, like. There's no suspense in the movie. Right. Not, not to, uh, this is a really no pun intended, but there's no stakes. Like there's, there doesn't, <laughs> there, there, I'm seriously, there, like does not feel like there's any stakes. Like, like you're just like, oh, well, I guess the vampire slayer will kill people, like kill the vampires. And like, there's all this collateral damage and like nobody really seems to care. And like, there's, there's no stakes for anything. Like, like there's no. I guess that part of that is just not caring about the characters, but but just like broadly, there's it seems to be, be taking place in this world where like the life or death <laughs> of everybody is just like yeah well whatever you know. Well, as you mentioned, you mentioned the LAPD before. You know, yeah, that would, it would be cool if we had a scene, especially leading up to the the prom uh, finale. Like, oh, okay, well, uh, I guess we gotta check on this stuff. And he could either dunk on the LAPD for not being responsive or show that, like, do, do like a, a Return of the Living Dead thing. I mean, you like, know, they... have you seen, yeah, but you, we just have like a zombie or a vampire saying, like, oh, it's not more, you know, something, something creepy. But instead, there's like, again, to your point, there are no stakes. Yeah, nothing no, they, is at risk here. Like they don't have to kill, like kill a bunch of cops or something, but they could like kidnap or like or like tie up. You know, oh maybe the cops responded to something, and then you see that they're more powerful than you know the cops try to shoot them and it doesn't work, and they you know tie them all up, and now there's no cops. Like and so like now you understand why the dance like they're you know they, maybe they're frantically calling and there's no one to come save them, and you're like okay. Well, like the perfect shot would be like two fingers tapping like a throat on a uh, on an LAPD cop who uh, has been I don't know, restrained or or something from like a vampire, and she's like, 
this one feels good. You know, just like do creepy shit. Yeah. To lead up to right to lead up to to the uh, the big uh, dance off or whatever. Uh, there 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 are stakes to be raised, but instead this feels extraordinarily disjointed. We don't know what the stakes are, and nobody cares. Speaking of nobody cares, uh, I'll just get my quick gaucho watch in, which is that I'm kind of happy that, as far as I can tell, nobody associated with the University of California Santa Barbara had anything to do with this movie after a very long and extensive search that I'm embarrassed to even think about how much time I took on uh, doing so. But uh, it's, yeah, I couldn't find anybody, actor, director, writer, that had anything to do with it. So uh, I'm just going to be okay with that. Uh, Moving right along. What, what did you see as, like, as was obviously, in many ways, much like uh, our first episode, or episode one, Sandy Sells Three Seashells, where we rewatched Demolition Man. It is extremely early 90s, uh, maybe even more early 90s in, in the difference between a movie that came out in 92 and then in 93, because sort of like that before grunge even started to dent the, the, the culture, like the was there was there anything that was like extremely of the time or or era to you i think it started before uh grunge took place and then there were pickup shots uh so something i noticed was that uh, christy swanson is wearing really extraordinarily neon ish shit and then literally right for the right before the prom attack she's suddenly wearing a, a flannel shirt yeah, that seemed very strange. I, I almost thought um, that that was an intentional wardrobe choice to, like, show that, like, she and Pike were, like, starting to, like, migrate toward one another because they show him in a flannel shirt shortly after. Like, I like I, it's the only explanation I could have for that because it didn't fit anything else that any of the rich kids at this high school in L.A. were wearing in, in the early 90s. I, do, I think I agree with you in terms of, like, a total... A tonal shift or mental shift for Christy, but it was so out of the blue. That... Like, like again, even one line, even one of her friends, like one line bagging on her for wearing that and her sort of like defending herself would have would have put it in context, you know? Like, with one friend being like, "Uh, like you, I thought you were into the, like yellow leather jackets, and then now you're wearing flannel," you know? Like. Like, it would have been totally in character and could have sort of helped further that along and made more sense. Yeah, considering how shitty they are to her after she's saved multiple people from being vampirized. Um, yeah, like anything. And I still, again, I still don't know how the fuck the love of those got to Southern California. <laughs> uh, well, talk, speaking about her friends... It, that it has to be the most bizarre Hillary Swank role ever. Like, she plays this just batshit detached, superficial, like, high schooler who, I mean, talk about, like, someone who feel, feels like they're, like, acting in a, in a different movie than everyone else. Like, her character is just thoroughly bizarre and completely, I mean, almost cartoonish, you know? Like, almost like, like, she's like in like a tom and jerry episode where she's just like getting bonked on the head and like passing out and like i mean it's just it's very very strange was it her first role i haven't looked this up 
but it may have been the first role. It's certainly an early one. Oh, she, yeah, she does seem to be just like the punchline, but like a very bad punchline. Yeah. Part where the principal punches her in the face <laughs> or knocks her head against the wall. Right. That's an that is like extraordinarily cruel. Yeah, casual child abuse, you know, just whatever. I think as you mentioned, this is this is abuse slash casual the movie. It's it's really not okay. Anything <laughs> that happens to this movie is okay. But again, it does sort of put it in into, you know, into that era and like like even 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 for that era is a little much, but like the cartoonishness of it sort of it's, it's almost used as like a smokescreen for it for like what's actually happening um, yeah and i i i feel like we'll, we'll we'll get into that like toward the end there's you know they're obviously they go to the mall like there's a very sort of like yeah 90s ish mall scene and and then like, the thing that, that i thought was really funny that's maybe come sort of back around full circle is that like they're trying to come up with a theme and they're like talking about environmentalism and the ozone layer and all that. <laughs> is that very... They miss a huge chance to just say hog the world. That would have been I, the best. I literally had that in my notes. That, that, <laughs> that instead well, of, instead of hog, hog the world, because they are, of course, the hemory hogs. So, well, speaking of, uh, of the sort of, of the era, uh, let's talk about the soundtrack. The soundtrack, uh, I, everything that I could tell is also extremely... Uh, early 90s in, in that same sort of pre-grunge uh, sensibility the music training during her montage the sort of last songs at the dance uh, all, all that stuff uh, anything really pop out to you uh no nah, it's fine it is fine i think the thing that stood out to me uh, to me the most is the uh the black sabbath stuff toward the end which is i don't know who made that call but hooray well, um, I, I noticed that there's an REM song on the soundtrack, but I don't remember hearing it. I, I, like I went, I saw. Oh God, like, neither do I. Yeah, everybody, everybody hurts is on is listed on the soundtrack, but I don't have any memory either time of watching this now of actually hearing everybody hurts. Fuck no, neither do I. It's it's funny. There is a song that is listed as having been performed by Christy Swanson. No. Yes, which I now have to try to find. I haven't looked it up yet. I just saw well, it. Well, you got you, you to find that for when the edits come in later. I enjoyed that the, the final act of the uh, vampire murder spree was sort of done under uh, Black Sabbath. Like, I appreciated that, but now nah, it's pretty terrible. Like, literally everything about this movie is terrible. All right, so it's probably time to talk about all of the stuff that is happening throughout this very dated uh, story of a teenage girl saving the world from vampires and all the sort of leering and inappropriate things that all the various men seem to do to her during this film. Well, you mentioned right off the top just what the camera is doing to her. It seems like every time she's uh, in a t-shirt... Uh, it's cold. 
yeah the the the, the film seems to by direction or not uh every single time that chrissy swanson is out of a jacket her nipples are on full display it's worth pointing out again that she's a high school cheerleader and they don't clarify if she's 17 or 18 but that doesn't really matter she is a high school cheerleader uh and we are sort of looking at her front and center frame for a lot of of the film sort of under these circumstances yeah, so it seems extraordinarily exploitative, especially for the 90s. You, you you kind of would expect that from a 1970s film or 60s film, where it's like, okay, we have to get butts in seats, and that means we need boobs on screen. But they stopped short of being explicit about breasts, except that they didn't. Yeah, I mean, because... they, they kind of tried to walk the tightrope. This is a PG-13 movie, which, you know, given the given the actual, like, there's not a lot of blood, despite the violence. There's not a lot of, you know, there's obviously no real swearing. It's, it's all of that is, is sort of camped up to the to the point where, like, you would all, you could almost see this being, like, a PG movie if it weren't for, like, the weird sexualizations of mostly christy swanson's character throughout the film right and beyond the nipple scenes uh her chest is explicitly like soaked up like someone came in and sprayed her chest with uh with oil at certain points and so it was like constantly heaving and constantly up thrust and very uncomfortable stuff throughout it's it's extraordinarily gross this this may just be my background as, as a sports person too but I, I noticed this time around just you know the school colors are purple and gold and like she's a cheerleader and i mean just like it just almost feels like the like sort of lakers cheerleaders <laughs> like like look is what yeah. they were kind of going for this is obviously a school in la this is a movie shot in la by people from la uh they were they are they still are sort of la's most prominent team and certainly were back in that era and i don't know it just that it sort of felt like being put on display in in that same way except again we're talking about high school <laughs> you know high school girl and a high school girls uh cheerleading team and then throughout the film you know it's played sort of for laughs in terms of oh donald sutherland's this guy who she's been connected to through the generations and so like of course he's just like come with me we have a destiny to fulfill but he's also being like a super creepy old dude who's like, yeah, I just showed up when you're by yourself at the end of practice in the gym. I just showed up in the girls' locker room as you're changing. What are you doing here? This is a naked place. Come with me to the graveyard right now, like, as I'm this, you know, creepy old dude in a, tr- a literal trench coat. Uh, and that's like the least creepy of like the, the various interactions that that men have with her because at least he's actually right. non-threatening like like in you know in terms of his intentions uh so yeah so so you say he yeah he, he shows up in a trench coat and then i think the if if not the next scene like the scene after that is the friend of the boyfriend who asks to borrow chrissy swanson grabs Chrissy Swanson's ass like an hour and ten into the movie and then she fucking wrecks him 
and they get very alarmed that she had her own agency. Yeah, right. The reaction it's, it's like the worst thing. Right. The, right. The reaction to it is is her friends being like, "Oh, what's wrong with you?" Her boyfriend effectively then breaking up with her because that's essentially what happens after that is he like he's like clearly things aren't working out like the next time they see each other he's like at the dance with one of her friends at the prom yeah. right yeah instead of like defending her the only thing that he ever is, says is like oh like she's mine like you're not allowed to touch her you know just basically treating as property instead of as a human being um right so that so th- those are her peers uh then you have the scene where she's chasing after whatever his name is the basketball player who's been turned into a a vampire out of the gym and the bikers are leering at her and like catcalling her and she oh that line yeah she like ends up stealing one of their bikes to go after him but like but like they're same thing like again she's in a cheerleading a high school cheerleading outfit when they're doing this and then you have of course just like the, like we talked about sort of earlier, the broad <laughs> relationship between her and, and Lothos throughout the whole film is like, that's like the whole crux of, of the entire thing. And we're talking again about like an older man, uh, like older middle-aged man in this literal teenager. And all of it is just sort of played off as like, yeah, this is normal, right? Like all this is normal. I mean, it's drilled in so much so that you just sort of have to accept it as part of that world. And I, it's one wonders what, like, what was that in service of? Like, like why, like why would why would you create that world for this person? It's not because it, she doesn't really overcome anything other than her sort of tie to Lothos in terms of like that destiny. Like all the rest of it's still there. You know, all the rest of the creepiness is still very much part of that world. Yeah, the oversexualization of Buffy is probably the overarching problem with the movie, uh, generally speaking. But yes, she does not confront it. Uh, but I can't say that. I don't know. Maybe maybe they were too stupid <laughs> to to use or to properly contextualize vampires as being the prevalent sexual threat to women. I mean, I don't even know how to read this. She's a protagonist and she stands up for herself and she fights off all these various, you know, things in advances and, and, you know, weirdos for herself. But like, she doesn't really have anybody like her friends, her parents, her peers, like right. no, so the, the, nobody helps the, the, her. The big, the, exactly. The big problem is that she's constantly condemned for not appreciate, quote unquote, appreciating the advancements of more powerful men. And that remains like a huge problem with this movie. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like, in the end, she successfully sort of like exercises all of that to where you feel like like that has been, you know, like proven to like oh she like overcame, <laughs> you know some some like larger like movement. It, it's like at, at the end, like all she did was like kill the vampires, which she could have done with without all of the rest of this. 
and like it didn't need to be there and the fact that it was so i mean it's inseparable from from the rest of the, of the film because it's like you could have written it differently but the way that it is written there's you just can't you can't watch the film and not that's it's just it's it's embedded in in this it's whole sort of world that it's built yeah again uh i don't know why buffy was i mean i do know why sorry i know why buffy was stupid in this versus not stupid in the uh tv version because that was like an extremely dumb way to write the character but this could have been great it could have been great that's what's so frustrating about buffy the vampire slayer it could have been great well and to your point i mean they right they wrote her as like a sort of around character but like it, it doesn't seem like she's playing dumb in order to like be cool with her friends which again that's that's would have been a totally reasonable thing where she like acts like she's being dumb because she thinks she needs to to fit in but then you actually see somewhere in the background that she's really smart and she's you know she's sort of self-sabotaging like that that creates an interesting round character that then oh she's allowed to be smart and allowed to be you know to sort of live up to her potential like okay now now you have like a much more interesting especially for you know a a female lead a teenage female lead yeah that's a a thing you could could literally have her once uh, the Donald Sutherland character shows up, literally have her just say, like, I know you're here. Like, she knows in her heart. Well, or she knows. Or, or even just peel back those little comedic lines from earlier where she, you know, she makes the, like, like, why do I have to know what El Salvador is? I'm never going to go to Spain. Like, like, have, you know, just play back something where she's, like, like I know that I know that's not what that is. Like I know, like I know I'm smarter than that. Like, like I was saying this that is, this is probably one of the few instances where I would say like an over uh, narration would actually work. Yeah, like have like an I internal just, just, voice. just have her come in like once, yeah, once or twice, three times maybe. Yeah, I I mean, and just you know, even if you didn't want to lean on that, like like in terms of storytelling, just just to have something, it could even be just her talking out loud after someone else has left the room. But like like just where she's she's made to feel like she needs to look superficial because that's what all of her friends are and that's what what you know the sort of environment right, is. Right, right. But that she's actually not like if you'd establish that character, it 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 lends a lot more credence to to everything else that happens. Uh, but they didn't even, it doesn't appear, make any kind of effort to do that. That did not appear to be the intent in any way. No, I, th- I think I think it's it's explicit that uh, Joss Whedon did, did not, and has never given a shit about uh, women. Clearly whatever idea was that, that this, whoever had an idea that this was like an empowering female character, it leaves a ton to be desired on that front. Uh, really... While she does, you know, quote unquote, like save the day, she kills the vampires. There's, there's, uh, really deep seated issues with, with the way that she's written, with uh, sort of that, the way that she's imagined really from from the start. Which, again, you know, comparing this uh, as you mentioned to the TV show, obviously there were some major adjustments made sort of on that front.
All right, so one of the things that we look at uh, on this podcast is what has happened to each of the characters in this world in which they inhabit uh, in the intervening however many years since the film was made up to present day. This was an early 90s film, 1992. Uh, Will, what do you think... What do you think happened in a vampireless, but all vampires have just been dispatched by a teenage girl? Uh, what happened to these characters in the almost 30 years since then? You know, I think Pike is kind of an all right guy. Uh, I could see him and Buffy figuring their way through a lot of other situations, but... Uh... It would be weird to imagine that there is now a, vi- a vampireless world, because Rutger Howard can't be the last vampire, right? Well, we don't know. I mean, that's the thing, right? They never. We don't. We don't right? learn of any yeah. world beyond this extremely limited one that they've given us. Do, do we think that she's still by fighting vampires, or are there no more vampires? I think they got their shit together. I think they're a uh, an adorable CW supernatural style level uh, <laughs> uh vampire uh force and uh hey watch out for them I, I feel like if they do exist then i can see buffy and pike working out because they like kind of need it like they need that's their tie that's their bond right this, well like, yeah because otherwise it's pike repairing current right and that's gonna get old real quick and she's gonna move on uh but but i i I think that she probably does get to visit Europe, but that she probably didn't end up with Christian Slater. I hope she did not. Yeah, friend. for her, for her sake, really. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, Slater ended up to be a fucking nightmare. All right. Uh, so we've talked about a lot of the reasons why this movie uh, had a lot of issues, and then of course why the TV show was different and uh, better in certain ways. Could this movie? get made again today jesus christ no so no not clearly not as is but i i could i could definitely see a campy vampire movie and i think if i think the campier the better you know we when we talked about you know demolition man and and how you'd have to like inevitably it probably stuff would be weirdly darker just because all the kind of science fiction and superhero stuff is is darker than it than it was in, in the early '90s. I almost think you have to go the other way. Like it almost has to be more campy to be able to survive. Like like I I know we have like sh- like shows like you know what we do in the shadows. Like there's I, I feel like there's a space for that if it's not super self serious. Probably like less self serious than the TV show was. Like it can be empowering still, but like also not take itself super seriously. I think that I don't I don't entirely disagree with you, but I think that only works if you have guys like Luke Perry who can and I, and I'm not a big Luke Perry fan. Um but being able to like take a pause and say you're floating. Benny, you're floating. You know, that kind of that 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 almost literally makes the movie because it it lends a credence and where you, you've got an, a, a regular guy who is lending some credence to the unbelievable. And if you fuck that up, then I, I don't know. But that's what I'm saying is I, I think you, I think it has to be 
like he doesn't he plays that kind of in between right i mean he's not like oh my god you're floating ah, i'm losing my mind like this shouldn't be possible like you know he's not scrambling away from the window you know like like and he's also not like <laughs> you're floating like like it's somewhere that's, in between but that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah and but, i i just don't think you'd find people right now who are able to do that like you and i might be able to do that well, frankly. well that's what i'm saying is like it has to i think lean to, more towards the campiness of him of like like if you're gonna if you're gonna make a movie like this you have to kind of just lean into like hey this is a really ridiculous world like like I, i'm just i'm thinking about movies like interview with a vampire and like other stuff from like sort of this era where vampires are very serious and very you know what i mean like like there's this very like like breathless i I, I get it i just like it can't be that it It has to it has to be jokey it has to be like oh sure i guess there's only one way to kill him like and the and the deaths can't be they either have to be like zombie land gruesome like or they have to be like completely blood free you know what i mean but like but either way be almost comedic as opposed to being you know this very kind of like serious hundreds of years of history and all you know it just like it can't be super dark it can't be super heavy-handed i don't think i i actually think what would work and i'm i realize that i'm grasping this for us here but i would do it from the vampire perspective where you operate under the assumption that vampires have been around since the crusades i guess according to uh that one dumb shit line um and just have them being like sort of trying to dodge detection you could have like a character who's who's trying to be a good guy but he needs to like drink blood uh, well i mean that's my regular again that's you know it's sort of the what we do in the shadows like like it like the sort of taking, taking... Yeah, but, I, but yeah but i would have him be like a fucking i don't know like a detective or something like you could totally flip this around so that like okay yeah vampires exist it sucks for the vampires like humanity has won acknowledge that humanity has won because of buffies right so totally flip it around it's like uh, I'm, I'm working i'm working at fucking walmart very much like i work in the shadows and just try to make it a vampire who's trying to be a good guy because it, it really doesn't work otherwise. You can't have you can't have someone who's saying, "Oh, I'm going to save the world by being a teenager who stabs monsters that don't exist." But before we get to the final question, which I think I already know the answer to, um, I, any other any other general thoughts? Oh, I'm cutting that entire thing out, by the way, because no. Okay. Any other uh, any other final thoughts before we get to the final question? I am embarrassed that uh, this guy got a TV show and a terrible movie. <laughs> I, He's a horrible human being. And it's a terrible movie. Well, I I've seen worse movies, uh, but uh, on the final question of do you still like it? Uh, I think I, I think we have your answer. Mm, no, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, bad boo. Yeah, I, I did not like this when I saw it a year ago. <laughs> uh, I, I, I still don't like it. Uh, it's it somehow, and I, I really don't think it, it even had anything to do with any of the 
of the Joss Whedon stuff. I it it did get worse though in in the last year. <laughs> Just it did. It did. It, it did. Wasn't I, one of our questions of like who escalates and who goes down. I I just like I just noticed more things where I was like Jesus like what what <laughs> like I feel like I was more focused on on just the sort of like filmmaking plot hole stuff and like world building stuff you know the first time around and like some of the other just just the sort of the accepted social norms I'll just put it that way that that were on display. Uh, so in summary, probably if you've got 86 minutes to spare, spend it elsewhere uh, other than watching this film. That'll do it for this episode of I Think I Like This Movie. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at like this movie. One ounce which movie we'll be watching each Wednesday and new episodes drop each Friday. You can go ahead and watch along ahead of time if you'd like and join in the conversation using the hashtag ITILTM. I Think I Like This Movie is created by Noah Frank and hosted by Noah Frank and Will Bitko. Editing for this episode by Noah Frank. All music on the show, unless otherwise noted, provided courtesy of the South County All-Stars. Copyright 2021.